Hey, you guys, Scott Horton here to remind you that it's fun drive time at the Institute right now. We only do this twice a year, but it's got to be done. And I'm proud to do it, too. We've got an incredible crew of the best writers, authors, and podcasters in the libertarian movement. From Jim Bovard, Lori Calhoun, Tom Woods, and Ted Carpenter, to Keith Knight, Kyle Anzalone, Hunter Dorensis, Connor Freeman, and all the rest of the guys. It's the best team around. We've published three books this year. Keith Knight's Voluntarist Handbook, Lori Calhoun's Questioning the COVID Company Line, and Joseph Solis Mullins, The Fake China Threat. And here any day now, we will be publishing Thomas E. Wood's Diary of a Psychosis, Jim Bovard's Last Rites, and Keith Knight's latest, Domestic Imperialism. That makes 13 books so far, with more coming in the new year, including my new one, Provoked, How Washington Started the New Cold War with Russia and the Catastrophe in Ukraine, which, I know, is already overlong and overdue, but I'm working on it, I promise. And which brings me to the point. We don't have a big glass office building in downtown Washington. The money we raise goes straight to payroll and book production costs, and that's about it. The Libertarian Institute is the best bang for your buck in the movement. If you believe in what we're doing, please go to libertarianinstitute.org slash donate for details on how you can help keep us going into the new year and the great kickbacks we offer as well. And we thank you for your support. All right, y'all, welcome to the Scott Horton Show. I'm the director of the Libertarian Institute, editorial director of Antiwar.com, author of the book Fool's Aaron, Time to End the War in Afghanistan, and the brand new Enough Already, Time to End the War on Terrorism. And I've recorded more than 5,500 interviews since 2003, almost all on foreign policy and all available for you at scotthorton.org. You can sign up for the podcast feed there, and the full interview archive is also available at youtube.com. Slash Scott Horton Show. All right, you guys, on the line, we've got an old friend of the show, Jim Ostrowski. He runs libertymovement.org, which is all about direct action for liberty. And he actually wrote a book like that, Direct Citizen Action, How We Can Win the Second American Revolution Without Firing a Shot. And you know what? On top of that, he wrote a lot of other great stuff like Free the Children Against Government Schools. Also, government schools are bad for your kids. Oh, no, Free the Children is actually not just school. I think there's more to it than that. Anyway, I'll let him say. Uh, A Crime Against Humanity, Essays Against the Lockdowns, and the masterpiece, Progressivism, a primer on the idea, Destroying America, and a lot of other great stuff. So, um, and as I said, direct citizen action. And he's a lawyer. And... I like him, which is kind of rare. I don't like too many lawyers. And anyway, I'm just so happy, Jim, honestly, to talk about something that I don't care about for a little bit here. Um, I am just up to my eyeballs and dead bodies, and I can't stand it no more. So let's talk about something that more or less is bullshit. The Colorado Supreme Court, they done thrown Trump off the ballot there, and they're all Democrats did it, and they think they're going to get away with it. I don't know. Maybe they're not, but... Seems kind of like a big deal that he is by far the presumptive major party nominee of one of the two major parties in America to be the nominee for president here coming up here. And what in the hell do they think they're doing? And does the 14th Amendment really say that? And is what happened on uh, January 6th an insurrection in the dang first place? And could you say some founding father lawyer talk for us all so that we understand more good? I, I can quote some Jefferson, uh, maybe a little John Adams, if, if, if you like, uh, dead, dead white uh, European-American males. Hi, how you doing, buddy? Great to see you. It's been a long time. I, I saw you at the Tom Woods uh, uh, 2000 party. Oh, that was fun, dude. That was great. Yeah. Um, yeah, it's yeah, great to talk to you um, again, Jim. I didn't even give you a proper introduction. Jim Ostrowski, oh, everybody. How are you, man? Welcome back. It was a great, no, it was a fabulous, you're plugging, you're plugging my books and everything. My wife will appreciate that. Great. Um, Tell her Look, I don't take the this too, this stuff too seriously like you. Um, I kind of have a Machiavellian theory that they know the Supreme Court's going to reverse and then they'll just make an issue of, you know, Clarence Thomas is a buddy of uh, Trump's, uh, uh, you know, uh, you know, his wife is a buddy of Trump, uh, whatever, and it's all corrupt and everything. I don't 
I, I do think the Supreme Court's going to take the case and uh, and reverse. I think if they didn't, we'd have you know some real problems in the country. But uh, yeah, we could we could talk a little bit a little bit about the issues. Uh, there's some procedural issues. There's some you know the the question of of the merits of the case, and that's that's sort of you know lawyer talk. But uh, so, uh, did you hear about Michigan today? Or yesterday? Yeah, I did see that they chose the other direction here. And by the way, we are yeah. talking about they removed him from the primary ballot, which is its own important detail here. Yeah, and some people are talking about whether they can write him in. And I, my answer to that would be I don't think so, because if he's disqualified, he's disqualified. Uh, but Michigan, apparently, uh, that was a procedural uh, ruling, and they are claiming somewhat oddly that the case is not ripe for decision i think it kind of is but so the michigan case was not on the merits in other words it didn't have to do it didn't have anything to do with the insurrection alleged insurrection so in in colorado so the lower court found that there was an insurrection and that trump was involved in it but they don't think that Trump is covered by the 14th Amendment as as the president of the United States, which sounds a little odd. But when you read the uh, the 14th Amendment, it it lists the officers. It doesn't explicitly list the president. So it, it gets down to this really, you know, lawyer like uh, splitting hairs about what what the term office means, what the term officer means. Okay, so but, I have it here, by the way. So let's talk about this real quick. I'll just quote it. Yeah, It'll sure. just take a second. I don't to have get it in front of me. I'm glad you do. <clears throat> yeah, I have it here. It's um, the stack of tabs I got here, man. You wouldn't believe. No person shall be senator or representative in Congress or elector of president and vice president or hold any office, civil or military, under the United States or under any state who, having previously taken an oath as a member of Congress or as an officer of the United States or as a member of any state legislature or as an executive or judicial officer of any state to support the Constitution of the United States, shall have engaged in insurrection or rebellion against the same or given aid and comfort to the enemies thereof. But Congress may vote of two-thirds of each house. Oh, pardon me. But Congress may, by a vote of two-thirds of each house, remove such disability. So it does say hold any office under the United States. And it's specific that this would have been someone who not a citizen, but someone who had ever been a government employee before and had therefore had to have taken an oath to the Constitution. And therefore, in uh, the eyes of the victorious North in the Civil War, had uh, rebelled and betrayed that oath and now would be disqualified. So that raises a couple things, obviously. Well, if you, yep. an unlimited number of things, according to you, but uh, as far as you want to go with that, but the two obvious yeah, well, things that jump out at me is the word any office, but also just the entire idea. What we're talking about here is people who took arms in this civil war, not the stupid riot from January 6th, which yeah. you can call it whatever you want. They're calling it an insurrection here, but nobody's been convicted of any crime like that. Or even yeah. if there is well, one, I don't know. Well, you know, you're making my uh, lawyer-like points. But the, the way, you know, I, I heard about this argument, the president's not covered before I really took a, a careful look at the language. But if you read the language, it starts out with a senator and Congress. And then it goes to electors for president, which are, you know, the delegates to the Electoral College. Mm -hmm. I was actually a candidate in 1980 for Ed Clark that shows you how, how old I am. But the fact that it leaves out president and vice president, as pointed out in the uh, uh, GOP brief, uh, the writ of certiorari to the Supreme Court, which I read, the lawyer actually happened to know him slightly, uh, Jay Seculo who was one of Trump's um, impeachment lawyers, I think in the first impeachment, you, you lose count at, at the impeachments of Trump. But um, I thought they pretty persuasively argued that that the president is not included. And that in any event, it gets down to splitting hairs about what the term office means 
they split hairs about there's apparently two oaths in the constitution and the oath i think recited in the 14th amendment is not the president's oath oh is that but right th- yeah really interesting um jay seculo is a, a sharp lawyer um and uh my father worked with him years ago on on uh, on an un, unrelated legal issue so um i i think it's a pretty good argument that that the president is actually not not encompassed within the 14th amendment as counterintuitive as that might sound and i think one of the arguments is if you look at the civil war background it was obviously a, a sectional regional conflict and and the the drafters of the 14th amendment could easily have said look uh, this was designed to knock out people from the south if the peop- if the if the public generally wants to elect um, an officer covering the entire United States, the, pre- the president, they can certainly uh, have the right to do that. And the, the other, a uh, couple other, uh, there's actually a number of interesting legal issues. In well, the wait, case. by that, do you mean yep. that they wrote it this broad deliberately as opposed to saying this is about the South in the, the 1860s? What, well, you know, what, what when you, there's a whole issue of how do you interpret things? And, you know, Scalia was famous for sticking to the, the, the letter of the original language. I don't have a particular ax to grind, but certainly you look at the, the language seems not to include the president. And then if you're justifying that by some sort of a logic of the drafters, um, they could have said, look, the, the office of president, that's up to the people. Uh, Senator, congressman, not quite as uh, momentous an office. And we're just going to say, no, if you, you know, we're fighting at the Battle of uh, Gettysburg on the wrong side, we're not going to let you in. But we'll let the people decide president and vice president. That, that's very plausible. So I, 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 I don't, you know, there's some... Uh, speculation how the Supreme Court would come down on that, that it's, uh, you know, strict construction would argue uh, uh, against Trump on this. But I don't necessarily think so, because if you look at the plain language, it doesn't, it, it could very easily, you know, they had ink in those days. They could have said president, vice president, Senate, Congress, electors. They didn't. They start with Congress. They go to electors. It's odd that they use electors for president but not president and vice president. Hey, let me ask you this. Do you know about the debate about this at all? Because you're Um, right that it's very particular the way that they chose even to order the thing. I don't know that much about the debate. I'm I'm schooling myself on it, but there's apparently some contemporaneous decisions that... uh, that hold that the president was was not included in that. Hey, by the way, I should stipulate, and I don't know about you at all, but I don't give a damn about Trump. I've never been a Trump guy. I know people in this very, what, postmodernist, deconstructionist age, everyone is supposed to immediately presume the intentions of everyone else and tear apart their every syllable to find the hidden Straussian meaning behind what they're really saying and all this crap. And But I'm a Ron Paul guy, which is... Thomas Jefferson, not Andrew Jackson. Sorry. And so, yeah. uh, you know, I'm uh, not a Trump guy, but and and quite honestly, man, you know, I my level of hatred for, say, Bill Clinton and W. Bush is just absolutely pathological in its degree. <laughs> right. And yet I still wouldn't be for anybody taking them off the ballot in this kind of a way. Just the same yeah. as. You know, quite honestly, in a vacuum, all of the things being equal and all of his enemies to the side. What Trump did in Yemen makes him tied for most despicable man of the century in keeping that war going. And that for four years straight is just absolutely horrible. So all other things being equal and aside. You know, he no, really he, is not he, uh, a good guy. No, no. And, and I have a particular interest in... Uh in Syria, and I do not understand why he kept that 
nonsense going in Syria. You know way more about that than I do. Well, I they know rolled him three times. I can tell you that. He tried yeah. to get us out three times, and they told him, no way. And he said, okay, I don't know. Three times. Well, in then, 17, then 18, you, and 20. Yeah, and you know a lot more about Yemen. So my my view of Trump is, is real simple. Some people think I'm anti-Trump. Some people think I'm pro-Trump. I'm I'm in favor of Trump when he's pro-liberty, and when he's not, I'm against Trump. And I do think that, in a broad sense, he was an improvement over the W. Bush uh, GOP, but he had many, many flaws on the domestic front, and as you say, in, in Yemen, and you know more about Yemen than I do. But uh, I think, would you agree with me that he didn't start any new wars? Yeah. Am I correct? Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I just only was trying to say that, you know, like I I always saw him for being, you know, I mean, look, my ideal is Ron Paul. And then yeah. I'm, oh, I'm very, very cynical about anyone else. It's just as simple as that. I don't know. Yeah. If Dan McAdams ran, I'd go for that. But otherwise, yeah. just forget it, you know. Well, so I, I, was, I, I, I just come into it that and I knew he was going to be that bad on quite a few things, it's starting with Israel. And once you're bad on Israel, that means you're going to be bad on a lot of Middle East stuff after that, particularly Iran yeah. and that kind of thing. But anyway, my point just being if I can't remember exactly what the hell I was going to say there, it was going to be some brilliant well, nuanced thing. But my real point was just that um, I would I'd go to the mat for Ron. I ain't going to the mat for for Trump. It's not about that. I, it's just, yeah. you know, they framed him. Uh, I think I was going to say something about like, you know, as much as I'm mad at him for what he did in Yemen, it's not OK for them to frame him for treason with Russia and to come up with this whole story that he worked with Putin to steal the election and all that. You know, the secret police basically yeah, the, working to frame him like this. At that point, it doesn't matter whether even if he was Bill Clinton himself, you can't just go framing a guy when he's yeah. the elected president. When you're talking about the FBI, counterintelligence I, division and the CIA, who are just a completely like black ops, secret police, n far beyond accountability here, going up against the guy who won the MF election, dude, you can't do that. Even if it was Bill Clinton or even if it was W. Bush or even Donald Trump on his very worst, most genocidal day of the Yemen war that or in Afghanistan, too. Remember, he got us out of Afghanistan, but he also escalated the air war for four years first and killed hundreds, at least tens of thousands of people. I'm sure hundreds. Anyway, well, um, yeah, no, that's I, the whole I thing agree. of it, man. No matter yeah. who it is, he stood for election. Who the hell do they think they are? Yeah, I I, uh, I tend to agree with you. I, I've always thought the best thing about Donald Trump is he's got the right enemies. I mean, if you, if you look at the people who opposed him, you have to have a, at least a little bit of uh, uh, sympathy for him. But, you know, um, Rothbard, years ago, he talked about the, the virtues of democracy, and democracy has, you know, certainly things to criticize about it. But I think Rothbard said that the best thing about, demo the best you could say about democracy is it's, it's a way to change power peacefully. So if democracy is a way to change power peacefully and half the country wants Donald Trump is president, and you say you can't vote for him. There's kind of an implicit uh, statement in there as to how things are going to turn out. So I think it would be, you know, a catastrophe if he if he wasn't allowed to um, be on the ballot. And people who ha about half the country supports him, and those people weren't uh, weren't given their choice. I think that's going to end very badly. If you want to argue that he did something wrong in J6, um, let the voters decide. Uh, but so the, the, the next argument that they make in the brief, you know, getting back to boring legal stuff, is that the 14th Amendment isn't self-executing, that Congress has to pass legislation uh, executing it, or we already have the fact that Congress certifies the electoral vote count. So if Congress thought that Trump was an insurrectionist. They they certainly have the right to. Uh, I think they have the right to not count his votes. So that that's another pretty good argument that the Jay Sekulow's crew uh, makes. And if you disagree with their argument, he he makes the argument that well, you're going to have every different state 
deciding this and that's just not going to work you're going to have trump on some ballots trump on not other ballots and this should be a federal uh, it's a federal yeah. election it should be a federal decision and i think that's a pretty pretty darn good argument well there's got to be some standard doesn't there for who says that he insurrected anything the ladies on cnn well, that's their opinion or what i mean there's well, not a court case he hasn't been charged and convicted or even arraigned or whatever on insurrection or on sedition well, I charges. I mean, you would need some kind of benchmark, no? Yeah, well, I think it was uh, Tucker Carlson who recently said, well, geez, we now know why they called this an insurrection mm -hmm. so that they could later on make this this legal argument. But mm -hmm. no, you just can't you just can't say it's an insurrection. Um, the hey, let me, let me ask you this, Jim. Sure. Isn't it right? Let's say worst case scenario here, seriously, okay? Some of the rioters... Who none of whom had weapons or at least displayed them or used them against anyone. Yeah. But uh, assuming that they had gotten through and had, I don't know, cornered, uh, let's not go so far as like in prison, but let's say cornered Mike Pence and said, you send those uh, votes back to the states to be recertified because we don't believe in them, you. And then Pence gave in and refused to certify them until the states had a second shot at it because Trump was so sure that he could get them to change which slate of electors that they wanted to send based on their new take, based on new information about what had happened to the votes in yep. those states. Like, take it from there. What's the process? Is that an insurrection? Or did James Madison and the guys account for, well, what would happen if a president tried to screw around and the final decision of the Electoral College was in doubt? Then what would happen? Well, I think the problem is that the term the term insurrection is not really clearly clearly defined. But the, the point I make is that uh, leaving Trump aside, if if there was an insurrection, um, what was the plan, and who agreed on this plan? Wait, and what about my worst case scenario out? thing, where he was able to disrupt the vote count? I'm saying, what would happen if it well, was think, in dispute? I think, that, I think the electors a closer. Um, if they actually, I, I I think the best case for the anti-Trump people is that. Well, they delayed the vote count, but you're saying something a little further that if they influenced uh, Pence, but I, I think that's more coercion of a public official. It's not really overthrowing the government, but I, but but that that actually didn't happen. And, you know, it's interesting that yeah. once the people got inside the building, there's really uh, all the congressmen skedaddled, by the way, before they did. Uh, running through the halls, apparently afraid of what I don't know, a bunch of uh, old ladies and middle-aged men. Um, but the uh, the the protesters really didn't engage in any acts of violence that I'm aware of. There were some skirmishes outside. So really, when they got inside, being having no weapons, and you know how they can overthrow a government of a million a million troops, albeit many of those troops are not in the country, but. Um, it wasn't an insurrection. I mean, I think that's pretty clear. And in Colorado, they didn't really have a trial. They just allowed a bunch of hearsay evidence in, which I think raises some due process questions. Mm -hmm. But I think, be given, given the fact that the term insurrection is pretty vague, given the fact that there was a little bit of violence on the outside of the building as opposed to inside the building, given the fact that you can argue that they delayed the meeting until later that night, um, they they might be able to win on that point. But I think the really weak point is that, uh, that how was Trump involved in this thing? And if you read the decision, and I've read, I've read it a couple of times, everything they, everything they accused Trump of in terms of being involved in the so-called insurrection is really just pure free speech. And, uh, I've always believed that. I've always believed that it, everything he said was protected by the First Amendment. If you just shifting to that case involving the Georgia phone call with the with the uh, Board of Elections, I've listened to that call, 
And all it is is Trump, you know, saying, look, my lawyers have given you all sorts of evidence or alleged evidence of improprieties, and I'm urging you to take them seriously, look at them and see if the changes the vote count. So everything that Trump did was really, uh, in my in my view, and I am a First Amendment lawyer. I've litigated the First Amendment, you know, a number of times in federal court, albeit different contexts. Um, I think everything he did was protected by the First Amendment. So really, I think that this is just the sign of uh, people who, are pretty desperate. They see, they can't believe that Trump is still there after everything they've thrown against him. He's leading in the polls. He looks pretty good in the swing states. The GOP nomination is over. And uh, this is their their last ditch attempt to, to stop him. Yeah. So that's, that's how I think it's going to go. I think the Supreme Court will take the case. The Supreme Court will reverse. They'll put Trump on the ballot. And if they don't, uh, I think we're looking at some pretty uh, interesting times as the ancient Chinese proverb states. Yeah. Hey, guys, I've had a lot of great webmasters over the years, but the team at expanddesigns.com have by far been the most competent and reliable. Harley Abbott and his team have made great sites for the show and the Institute, and they keep them running well, suggesting and making improvements all along. Make a deal with expanddesigns.com for your new business or news site. They will take care of you. Use the promo code Scott and save $500. That's expanddesigns.com. Man, I wish I was in school so I could drop out and sign up for Tom Woods' Liberty Classroom instead. Tom has done such a great job on putting together a classical curriculum for everyone from junior high schoolers on up through the postgraduate level. And it's all very reasonably priced. Just make sure you click through from the link in the right margin at scotthorton.org. Tom Woods' Liberty Classroom. Real history, real economics, real education. Hey, y'all, I got a new coffee sponsor. Mundo's Artisan Coffee at mundosartisancoffee.com. When I wake up in the morning, I feel like my brain is all dried out. I need to pour a hot mug of rich, tasty coffee all over it to get it back working again. Like 10W30 for the noggin. Though not necessary, it helps if the coffee tastes good. Well, Mundo's Artisan Coffee does taste good. They get the best beans from all around the world, and they don't burn them. Support the show and support your brain at MoondoseArtisanCoffee.com. Just click the link at the right margin at scotthorton.org. Well, a few things there. First of all, I was just trying to kind of steel man the argument for like what they said was happening there was he was trying to force Pence to stop certifying the vote so that they could have a revote on the Electoral College in the states and whatever. And all I was just saying as the steel man argument yep. really was. The Constitution says if there's no clear majority in the Electoral College, then it goes to the House of Representatives and the House of Representatives votes. So unless Donald Trump is calling out some infantry division to seize the House and force them to vote for him, then all we're talking about is a real messy civil legal process. That ends up yeah, working and, in his favor or not, based on sound legal theories or based on bogus legal theories. Essentially, at all times, everyone other than the rioters is wearing a suit and a tie and is in court. And the riot, they call it January 6th because it was over by supper time, right? It didn't, it wasn't an ongoing yep. thing. There were no arms. No one was seized, as you said. No one was yep. kidnapped and, and truly coerced. But even if they had forced Pence to somehow cease the certification, it had, let's say, a few of the states had gone into controversy about which slates of le- of uh, electors to send and this kind of thing, it still would have just gone to the House because James Madison's already ahead of you anyway on all this because they knew that that could happen. Something like yep. that could happen, right? And so, um, yep. in other words, we know what a coup looks like. America does it all the time. And in fact, you know what? This is something that gets so little play because of the way the thing worked out. But remember, in the buildup in the summer, they were announcing that their plans for essentially a color-coded type revolution against him. And they were not shy about it. It was in the Atlantic, I think the New Republic, definitely the Washington Post. Hillary Clinton said specifically, if Trump wins with anything less than a clear landslide we fight and they were talking about withholding electors from california oregon 
and Washington State and Wisconsin or something. I think they thought they could get away with. Yeah, it. there was and, that discussion. Uh huh. And they were they were talking about they were going to pull out all the stops to prevent him from winning if he won. And then they were prepared for all that, but it turned out that they won anyway. And then I think it's true and fair to say too that. What he did is shameful and embarrassing. I mean, I kind of think they ripped him off, not with the vote count like his lawyers said. I think it was mostly all in the rigging of the media game against him. Direct oh, government yeah. interference. His own government that he was the chief executive of intervening to crush all of his biggest name brand, right, new right wing, you know, pro-Trumpian influencers in social media to just an absolute detrimental degree, which is a proven fact now. And along with uh, their interference when the FBI, we know now, knew a year in advance, had the laptop a year in advance yeah. and primed all the social media companies to believe a Russian hoax was coming. And then when it came that this was it and uh, yeah. in order to crush the laptop, that's government intervention, FBI and CIA intervention, no less than the Russiagate hoax that they did in 2020. And but I still kind of think that even if a guy cheats in a race, you can't just sit there whining at the finish line like he cheated fair and square and sometimes you take one on the chin. What are you going to do? And Trump kept whining after the Electoral College voted, called for people to show up that day, which I think he should not have done. But that's just nothing still. That's just me thinking that he's a child. That's uh, not me uh, thinking he's a criminal. Yeah. I mean, he's criminal for other reasons. You could question the wisdom of it, but it is protected by the First Amendment. I'd buy right that. of assembly. Uh, another interesting point that I don't think has really been emphasized is that generally speaking, an insurrection is a forceful attempt to overthrow the executive. Well, who was the executive on January 6th? It was Trump. And Trump had control of the armed forces. So the notion that Trump's going to sort of insurrect against himself by having a bunch of unarmed old ladies and middle-aged men, you know, uh, tour through the Capitol, um, shaking hands with the with the guards. It's really it's really pretty silly. But the point you made before a moment ago is 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 a solid point. The election wasn't rigged on election day. the The election was rigged before that. There was no coverage of the Biden campaign. All the coverage of Trump was that tr Trump was an was an evil, incompetent, whatever he was. Um, there was no actual coverage. The, the, the debates were rigged by the moderators. Um, I, I like I'm a sort of a, uh, you know, um, I, I love to check out the polls and do prognostication. The polls always had Trump down way more than he was on Election Day. And is that an accident? Is, you know, the Trump's three points lower for six months than he actually ended up. You know, he only lost by 42,000 votes. So I think um, I think that uh, the election was rigged long before Election Day. It wasn't a fair election. And when you provoke, uh, you know, people enough, they're going to do uh, uh, things that are unwise. And, and we, we still don't know what happened on January 6th. We know there were spies in the crowd, undercover agents. There's suspicious, uh, you know, they they lobbed. Uh, uh, tear gas into a into the crowd before actually any anything uh, and fired rubber happened. bullets at him. We know now rubber we, ballot rubber uh, bullets. Yeah, so, that had not been yeah, disclosed out of all this all the footage that had been released selectively released by the newspapers like the New York Times and the committee. It only just came out when the new Speaker of the House came into power. They only just released this new footage that shows the cops firing rubber bullets into the crowd, which is sort of right like a kindergarten version of the Maidan firing up the crowd, forcing yep. a confrontation. Yeah, and, and, and look, the history of Trump rallies is that uh, they're pretty peaceful. I went, I, I went, I went to see him speak in Buffalo and, you know, these are sort of, uh, you know, people in their 40s, 50s, 60s. Um, they, they, they really didn't show a propensity to violence. This was, I think, something that really kind of had to be provoked. And again, it was a very small portion of the crowd. And Trump isn't, uh, although Trump could have maybe condemned them sooner, that's not, in the Western legal tradition, uh, nonfeasance is, generally speaking, not criminal. 
um, unless you, you know, have a special duty of care for, for uh, let's say, an elderly relative or something like that, and you starve the person to death. Doing nothing is generally not uh, considered to be a criminal act. It might be subject to criticism, but so I think really overall, this is a very weak case. It's politically motivated. It's going to be overturned by the Supreme Court. We hope, I think, because I think you and I both agree whether you're, you know, I, I voted against Trump twice. I voted for, uh, uh, I think, Ron Paul one of those years as a writer. Uh, I was his election lawyer in New York State when he ran uh, uh, both times. So I think we want the voters to make this decision. And uh, I don't think we want to go to the other place because we don't know what's going to happen if you deprive people of, uh, as Rothbard said, a, a way to change the government peacefully. Because if you if they don't have that peaceful way, what 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 alternative do they have? Yeah. All right. Uh, last thing here. And I'm sorry for ranting sure. so much about this. No, I just no hate problem. these damn no, Democrats so much. And once I get going, I just but it's not even them. It's really a secret police behind the thing. But yeah. well, and the whole damn war party, which is funny because he's so friendly with certain factions of them. But boy, the rest of them hate him for whatever different reasons. But, you know, so here's the other thing about it. You say that they kept calling it insurrection over and over and over again. Uh, so that they can say, uh-huh, now that we all agree it's an insurrection, they can do this just like they did. I think you're quoting Tucker saying that. I totally agree with yep. that. It's so obvious yep. that that's, yep. you know, the email went out. This is what we all call it from now on, everybody, okay? You know, uh, take a note. But here's the thing now is they keep saying dictator, dictator, dictator. And this is, you know, I want to say led by, but anyway, one of them is the evil Robert Kagan Victoria Newland's mm. wife, or I was it the other way around, over there yep. uh, in the Washington Post. And uh, there's this big thing in the New York Times. I'm looking at the front page right now, and I can't find it. But I just saw it earlier, um, the headline of it, was this whole thing about Trump's plan for his second term. And it's going to be, he's going to seize total control of the Justice Department in a way that presidents never do. They always just let it do whatever it wants. And he's going to use it to persecute all of his enemies. He's going to send his generals to death. He's going to, you know, I don't know. I didn't read the, <laughs> that was only the the highlights I read, but it was, um, you know, he's going to create a dictatorship and, and he's openly admitting it and saying that this is his plan and all this. I swear to God, I, I, I saw like the New York Times tweet about this crap earlier. What was it? I saw the New York Times summary of this. Um, or someone summarizing with a quote from them about what Trump is planning. Maybe I have the date wrong and it wasn't brand new out and I had just missed it and it was from a few days ago. But yeah, anyway, well, I mean, you know what I'm talking about. They keep saying this. Yeah, they're they're incredibly sophisticated and they think these things out. You know, the left, uh, you know, that they're they're obsessed with politics. And, and you know, I think uh, we on the other side are, uh, I think, more interested in living a normal life and they always have the edge they're always thinking these things out in advance but you know when i think of trump's actual administration he brought in people that you and i wish he hadn't brought in he was trying to create a coalition kind of a lincoln thing where you bring in some of the opponents the generals rolled him as you say on syria i mean he got rolled by congress he got rolled by uh was it uh ryan the uh the former speaker uh, wouldn't let him build a wall. I mean, th when he when he was actually president, he was the opposite of an authoritarian. He was he he kind of got steamrolled a lot. So I don't know where they get this concept that he's going to be uh, Hitler in the second term. I think it's a complete fabrication, for whatever reasons. And uh, you know, as aside from uh, a coup d'état or whatever, there's other speculations that I don't even want to talk about as to why they're analogizing him to Hitler because of course there was a guy named von Stauffenberg I believe who did try to do his thing so I think I think that's a concern too when you villainize a guy like that you're setting him up for something bad yeah it's crazy and I found it by the way it's from two days ago how Trump plans to wield power in 2025 what we know and it's by the disgrace Charlie Savage who you know uh, forwarded on the CIA's Afghan Russian bounties hoax in 2020 oh. in that the beginning of the summer to prevent Trump from pulling the troops out that summer. Yeah, well, 
you know, these people never pay a price for being wrong. The neocons have never paid a price for their, you know, misadventures in the Middle East, which you've documented in your uh, magnificent book. Um, but uh, yeah, this is this is what we're up against. And you and I are not huge Trump backers, but uh, you know, you've got to you got to see that uh, keeping them off the ballot is the wrong move, uh, legally, morally, and just practically for the sake of the peace of the country. Yeah. And, you know, some of the things that he has been saying lately, I actually saw, and this is something that it's not just me, it's libertarians in general, um, even no matter how sick and tired of crime we are, somehow just can't get over the idea of government sovereign immunity and qualified immunity and absolute immunity as the judges and prosecutors and cops claim it. And I saw Trump in a live speech the other day uh, talking about, I'm going to indemnify all cops from anything they ever do on the job, no matter what. And that's yeah, his that's version of being anti them is being more pro their enforcement than anyone at all. That's his real, that's the real constituency of the Republican party, right? It's not the leaders of the government. It's the rank and file government employees. Right. Back, back the blue. Uh, well, the, the real problem with Trump is that he, he's not really an ideologue. So you never really know what's going to come out of his mouth. <laughs> and I think, you know, I, I, I early on in the Trump days, I know a few people who know Trump and I was of course trying to, you know, push some libertarianism into that camp and he never, he never brought libertarians in. I, I think if he brought them in, both the country and Trump would be a lot better off and, and maybe we'd, you know, somebody like Rand Paul as vice president, nobody seems to be talking about it, but I think that would check a lot of boxes. Yeah. Don't you think? Yeah. Hey, quite literally, he never used yeah. the word freedom or liberty once in no. 2016, 2015. I was clocking that first campaign. That was not the point. It never was. No. And it's no, not what it he wasn't. thinks about or talks about. It's not, you know, I'm sure he's mentioned it once or twice in the last campaign or maybe this one. But um, he's a he's a populist nationalist. And on every other issue, he's a pragmatist, which is generally speaking, not a good thing. So if 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 Trump you know, would wise up, he'd bring some libertarians in. It's like, you know, it's like I said, in one of my podcasts the other day, you know, libertarians know where the bodies are buried. We're good policy wonks. And he just didn't have anybody who could get rid of like housing and urban development and some of these other useless agencies and it's spending exploded. So um, I think the best you can say is that uh, he had the right enemies. He didn't start any new wars. He continued some bad old wars like in Yemen, which is a shame. I think we still, uh, the public still doesn't understand what, what happened in Yemen, which is a tragedy. And, and we're, we're, de we're dealing with the consequences now uh, because of what they're firing missiles out of there. And you, you know more about what's going on there than I do. Well, yeah, no, you're totally right. And these are the same guys that at the end of 2014, our current Secretary of Defense was allied with. He was the head of CENTCOM at the time. And he was giving them intel to use to kill Al-Qaeda guys until right. two months later, he and Barack Obama switched sides in the war and started bombing them and have been their enemies ever since. And the good news, despite their intervention recently in Palestine, shooting missiles uh, over the Gaza war, if you call it that, the Gaza yep. slaughter, um, they still are signing the, the peace deal with Saudi. The Saudis want no more of losing refineries to these guys' drones. And so they are, it looks like I just, you know, uh, knock on wood there. But on antiwar.com, it was the headline two days ago, I think, or yesterday, that they are finalizing the peace deal with Saudi. So hopefully it doesn't turn into a whole new American war there. But hey, Can I turn yeah. the tables on you and ask you a question? Yeah, of course. What, what the hell, uh, what's going to happen in um, Ukraine, Russia? I know you follow that closely. Yeah, well, I don't know how long it's going to take, honestly. I, You know, it's the unstoppable force versus the immovable object is the way I look at it. And I think yeah. everyone who says that the Russians are destined and bound to win are right. But a lot of times they seem to think that it's going to be sooner than it comes. And in fact, you know, the Ukrainians have a smaller country. 
they still do have millions of people to conscript and including, mm-hmm. yes, they are going for like older and older people. Yeah. And, um, <laughs> nursing home. Yeah. And, and people are running <laughs> away. Next. Yeah. I mean, people are running away. Interesting. Interesting. Well, but, hey, um, it's been great, so, great, uh, yeah. talking oh, to you. I'm uh, sorry. I was just shushing my dog there. I was just going to say that nope. I, I no think problem. it could be a while, but I think the time is on Russia's side and that in the end, what the Russians want is what used to be Russia, Nova Russia, which would be the four eastern provinces and call it five if you include Crimea, which they've already held since 2014. Yeah. But Donetsk, Luhansk, Kherson, and Zaporozhye there uh, in the east, that's going to be Russia from now on. I don't think anybody can do anything about that. And No, so you, you can name the provinces unlike Nikki Haley. <laughs> well, I thought that was what was funny is she should have turned around and said, oh, yeah, Vivek, well, you name them. Because it was he said, oh, yeah, name the three provinces in question. Well, they've annexed four provinces, right? So he doesn't know what he's talking about either, which was it was hilarious, though, that she's the hawk. So she's the one who the burden is on her. You know, yeah. he knows enough to stay out of there. She claims to know enough to know why we ought to be setting these people on fire. And apparently she doesn't know the first thing about it at all. So, yeah. you know, that's a whole other level that she owes of of knowledge there or expertise if she's going to claim the right and the duty to do such a thing but um they were all it just goes to show they're all a bunch of cartoon characters up there it's completely ridiculous um, absolutely and absolutely. and and look i i the good news right jim is that after two years it looks like it's not going to turn into a general war between nato and russia that they've somehow been able to more or less keep this thing contained inside Ukraine. They've, there's been terrorist attacks and drone attacks and sabotage strikes right. and things inside Russia, but there's been no major infantry attack inside Russia, nor could there be uh, any yeah. long-term or sustained one. So ultimately it's at more or less stalemate with, well, the advantage to Russia because they got more men and more money and more weapons and uh, just a bigger country. And also with the advantage to Ukraine, because they're sort of fighting on a defensive, even though really they're more attacking Russian defensive positions and losing on that basis. So right. I don't know. I, in other words, hell, Biden's plan is to keep the thing dragged out through the next election because you can't lose a war right before an election. Exactly. So, so yeah. It's so it's so callous and cruel. And yeah, evil. but it's so pray it doesn't turn into a nuclear war due to Joe Biden's public choice theory incentive structure interests here that have nothing to do with the good of mankind whatsoever. Yeah, because I I'm know. 16 miles from the Niagara Power Plant, which powers the entire Northeast, which is like target number one. If there, <laughs> I'll, I'll be gone in about two seconds if the war breaks out. Well, so, look, yeah, the capital of Texas, is, and and 100 miles up the road is Fort Hood, the biggest military base in America for a reason you might imagine, and San Antonio is probably due for eight or 10 or 15 nukes, man, with all yep. the military stuff going on around there. So yeah, Texas will be done. It'd be, be nice if we had peace. I think the number one job of the president of the United States is to stay out of war with Russia. <laughs> you would think that that would just go without saying <laughs> that they would all know that. Look, hey, man, on your first date, this is what the last president secretly says to the new president. Listen, man, there's really only one job <laughs> getting along with Russia. OK, exactly. Exactly. The rest of this stuff is uh, ranked, you know, 15 uh, through uh, 120. All details. Yeah. All right. Listen, I'm sorry for wasting your afternoon, but oh, no, I'm so happy to talk hey, to you again. It's always a pleasure. We got to do this again soon, man. Yeah. Thank you so much for coming on the show, man. I really appreciate yeah. it a lot, Jim. Anytime. And uh, see you soon and keep up the great work. All right. Appreciate that. Okay, uh, and bye you bye. too. And by the way, uh, do you want to talk about libertymovement.org for a minute before I let you go? Well, yeah. I'm just, you know, uh, I'm. I'm kind of shifting out of law practice. Uh, the kids are grown and, uh, you know, out of the house. And so I'm going to get back into the libertarian movement heavily. And I, you know, I advocate direct action, um, just things that don't involve electoral politics, which I think is kind of rigged and voting is kind of a scam. So just things like voting with your feet, 
uh, pulling your kids out of government school, you know, you, you know being uh, trying to stay healthy as opposed to reforming the medical system, which is, you know, all screwed up because of government intervention, things like that. So, you know, I'm on the various social media um, and, uh, you know, my uh, very small website needs to be spruced up. But the basic idea is there. It's at libertymovement.org. And I have a bunch of books on Amazon that talk about you know, why I favor direct action as opposed to political action. So people can check that out. Yeah. And can you give us an example of what you're talking about there? Because sometimes well, you know, people might just think of like a hippie throwing a brick through a Starbucks or something. No, no, no. And, and, and look, I'm an attorney. So everything I advocate is peaceful and legal. So uh, I started out with say, look, we can't reform the government schools. Just pull your kids out. And in my book, I explain how you can do that without bankrupting yourself. And we did it. We're not, you know, my wife and I are not wealthy, but we had our kids uh, in uh, uh, private schools. Now, homeschooling is actually cheaper. We didn't do the actual homeschooling thing. Another idea, you know, a lot of people during the lockdown, they, they voted with their feet uh, to move to other states. So like the Free State Project in New Hampshire, for example, um, it's just a way of uh, by simply by moving, you can improve your situation as opposed to if you stay there and mess around in politics, you're not going to accomplish anything. Because I've spent 40, 50 years in electoral politics and realized how difficult it is to change anything. Um, things of that nature, educating yourself as to uh, the nature of economics and, and foreign policy, um, staying healthy. I have a, a program called uh, uh, Walking for Liberty, where it sounds kind of corny and counterintuitive, but walking 10,000 steps a day will, will do you much more good than trying to reform the healthcare system or the Medicaid system or the Medicare system or big pharma. Uh, walking is a way to improve your health and pr improve your um, state of mind and uh, gives you more energy and makes it cut your risk of death or uh, your need for medical care almost in half. So things like that, things that the individual can do without waiting around for the political system to finally, you know, get its act together. Because as, as I like to say, the last the last election that improved, uh, increased American liberty was 1800 when Jefferson beat Adams. And nobody's <laughs> contradicted me yet. So that's basically the concept that I'm advocating. And I will be pushing that uh, for the next several years uh, while I'm still young enough and healthy enough to do it. I just turned 66, but I'm pretty fit. I got a lot of energy and I'm going to uh, go out there and kick some uh, rear end uh, in the next three, four years. Awesome. Well, listen, man, thank you again so much for coming on the show. Yeah, it's been great. Great. Always great to, uh, to see you either in person or, uh, or, or on the radio. Great. Well, I hope we can meet again in person sometime soon. Yeah. I'll see you soon, guy. All right. Take care, Jim. Bye. All right, you guys, that is Jim Ostrowski. He wrote a bunch of books, including Progressivism a primer on the idea destroying America, a crime against humanity, essays against the lockdown, and direct citizen action, how we can win the second American revolution without firing a shot. The Scott Horton Show and Anti-War Radio can be heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in LA, APSradio.com, antiwar.com, scotthorton.org, and libertarianinstitute.org.